It's Monday, November 22nd, and we have Jay Bear of Saison, Saison Market, and Bingo on today. Welcome to Eat at Virginia. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby, rumor control on this week's podcast. Oh, there was a dust up on social media I saw regarding our podcast, and we are we're gonna like get to the bottom of it. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, Jay Bear poked the grizzly, the grizzly being me, and I was like, you want to know what? Bring it on, Jay Bear. Actually, he didn't. He rarely pokes anything. He's such a good dude. It's fun listening to him. He was like one of my, this is one of my favorite food reviews to write because I got to talk about worm salt. Yeah, it's funny, guys. The podcast, we'll get to the interview with Jay in just a few minutes, but he, he quote checks Roby from a, a review that she wrote of his restaurant from a decade ago. So I wish this was a <laughs> visual medium and not just a podcast because the look on Roby's face when he started to <laughs> quote the review was priceless he's a brilliant dude and i think that they're doing some fun stuff and i'll say it again i said it during the interview but i really think people are some people are really unaware of how great the food and the beer is at bingo and i think those two things dovetailing are hard really hard to maintain the quality and the consistency I mean, it's 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 mind blowing that Cezanne's been open for as long as it has and has really been when people talk about the best restaurants in town, it's consistently in the top three, mm-hmm. top five, top ten, whatever list you're looking at. It's always been on, it's been on there since I want to say since day one. And it's been a decade. So that's really remarkable. It's common denominator is the guy that's on the interview. So I'm glad that we have him. Can I call so, you the Grizzly, by the way, from now on? If you must. I mean, I guess. Why not? Do I have to growl? Because I'm not very good at that. Do grizzly bears growl? I don't know. That's another podcast. So, a new Mexican restaurant. Do grizzly in... bears growl? <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> um, new Mexican restaurant. This is a food podcast, Scott. Contain yourself. Um, Mexican restaurant in Carytown. It's pink. What's the name of this new place? Lolita's. Lolita's and where where can we find it on in Carytown? Um, just look like, for the paint. What did it used to be? It's actually right next to where Seco used to be, which is now Capital One. <laughs> Capital. Okay, on the corner there. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> weird to say a wine bar is now Capital One, but I will, which is really interesting because you got a little um choked up about the fact that a Ucrops owns a brewery. So I feel like that's a great transition. Um I think you can, we can talk to Jay now about how he got into the restaurant. He was on a small hog farm. Why didn't I ask him more about the pig? Jay Bear part two. We're coming back for you, Jay. Pig talk. Let's go, Grizzly. (laughs) So the first time, Scott, I think, I think, so he may have a different story. The first time I met this guy, we were on a boat. I'm pretty sure we were on a boat. Maybe I met him before the boat, but the boat was a good time. Where was the boat? Had, in the water. We have Jay Bear on the podcast today. Jay Bear of Saison, Saison Market, Bingo. Why? Why That's do it. I feel like? Yeah, that, but why do I feel like I met you on a boat or before the boat or kind of but at, on a? Yeah. So Jay, how did you get to the boat? Um. So, 
the boat was uh, it was fantastic. So you, you know, you drive by um, like Scott's Edition area, out headed to like um, Lily Pad, or just driving out Route Five, and there was this boat that was sitting there, kind of not doing anything. Um, and I was like, why don't we have entertainment on the river? Like, there should be something. We've got so much going on. We have this like amazing resource of the river but there's no real entertainment that's like being driven by the hospitality community. So I just went over, left a letter in Captain Tommy's mailbox, um, Captain Tommy, owner of and captain of the, the city of Fredericksburg, curious name for a boat in Richmond, but, um, and so he got back that's, to me. That was the name of the boat, Scott? Oh, Scott. That was the name of the boat, Jay? The name city of the boat was of city. Fredericksburg? Yeah, he had had it outside of Fredericksburg in the um, tidal waters there, um, then moved it down here because he thought business would be better, um, which it was. So he just stayed put, but the boat was already called City of Fredericksburg. Um, yeah, so he just put together a three-hour cruise, um, had uh, some oysters, some live music. Chauncey, as far as I know, still the first and only rap concert um, in the city of Richmond on the James River, um, which was amazing. I ate all your shrimp. In case you were wondering where that went, it was definitely me. I'm just going to oh go ahead and fess up to it now. That's hilarious. What year was like this? Where, where is this on the uh, timeline? This is like 2014 or 15. Might have, it was somewhere around there. I think it was 2014 was the first time we did it. Had you opened Saison Market yet? Um, I think Saison Market had just opened. Saison Market opened in um, in very end of April, 2014. We took on the lease at um, at Saison Market in 2013. We we're like, we're not sure what we want to do with it, um, but we'll do something with it. Um, we got that open that following the following year. Um, so. Let's rewind because I was just telling Scott, you are like a, you like you're like a silent killer. Like I don't actually know when or how you got in, like your your entree into the Richmond restaurant scene. You just like have kind of always been around silently. I mean, truly, you own some really incredible spots, but. Wait, like, yeah, give me your background. How'd you get here? The silent killer, um, Jay Bear. <laughs> yeah. Urban monoxide. I don't know. I, don't know. I love it. Um, but I mean, I had I'd been tending bar um, in the city for a long time. Um, I was actually working at Galaxy Diner fresh out of college. Um, and then left there, went to Capitol Ale House. And that was like 2006. And I was, I was getting really excited about beer. Beer was like... Um, first true love, like the thing that I knew in Epicurean Zone that I really wanted to explore. Um, no one was at uh, Capitol Ale House. I decided that I wanted to attend the Siebel Institute in Chicago. It's a brewing academy. Um, and so went there in 2008 um, and came back and thought I was going to get into brewing, um, but there wasn't really much of a scene um in beer in richmond at that point you know the uh um everything around um was at sb 604 hadn't really happened um 
Hardywood wasn't yet open, but was about to be. Um, and so I just, I went back into attending bar at Alehouse, was there for a while. Um, it's when I met first business partner, Adam Hall. Um, and he and I started homebrewing together, doing dinners together, um, and really like formed, coalesced the ideas around um, what Saison would end up being. Um, and as we started looking for more and more places, um, you know, got closer to 2012, found um, space that was um, Marshall Street Cafe and Jazz Bistro where Saison is now and popped in and got started going there. I love that. Jay, because some of our listeners have been in Richmond as long as the three of us have. Others are relatively new to town. So you're saying in 2008, there wasn't all much five of, a, of our listeners. All there five. wasn't much of a beer scene. Like people that have been in Richmond for, you know, 10 years or less, it's probably harder for them to imagine. What was, how would you describe Richmond in, in the mid 2000s in terms of the dining and drinking scene? Um, there, I I would say there's just so much pent up demand and um, pent up demand by, by you know, the working hospitality staff to, to do and, and, and do more things um, without really the resources there within you know, their network. Um, but I think also a lot of pent up demand from the dining public. Um, I think Richmond has this, this incredible mix of like what, VCU offers in having this art student university there that um, creates a kind of individual that is hyper creative, um, but also um, is able to, to mix kind of like some gigs in. So we're already kind of doing some, some gig things, other artists, musicians, um, what have you. So I think then um, you just kind of felt like, like there was a welling up of of people and desire to do things, um, but nobody had yet really jumped in. There's definitely you know, folks that were doing some awesome things. Um, I think Acacia was around then in Carytown. Um, Frog and the Redneck was doing things, but it wasn't really that like that, that swell. Um, and it was what I think uh, Roosevelt opened in 2011, um, and Heritage opened in 2012, like October or so. And then we were. Um, December 2012 is kind of when at Saison we thought we were opening um, a beer bar in a neighborhood um, but one of my dear friends Chris Elford um, had come down from New York um, I actually he and I worked together at the alehouse back in the day um, I moved him up there as he was really getting into cocktail he and I would you know have um, beers or drinks kind of over a phone call um, and um, got him to come on down to Richmond. And as soon as like the quality of the drinks that were being put out from behind the bar connected with a handful of people and excuse me, word started spreading, um, we immediately were like, all right, we are now a cocktail bar that serves really interesting beers um, and a fun wine list. Um, and just, you could just really see how much the city was, was really craving so much at that point. Um, I think uh, Metzger, Brittany opened up shortly thereafter. Dutch was like right around then. Um, so many things that like, that kind of really just took off at that time. But 2008, it felt, it felt more like, it wasn't like it was a, a dead time. It just felt like everything was like, you know, like the, the rumbling inside the volcano was, 
was building up steam. Um, and then it was just waiting for that moment to really to go. It's a great way to put it. I think that it really did kind of feel like we we like took a dive while after hanging onto the precipice there, like, oh, we know that we need to step up some of our food game, but we we just haven't quite jumped over the edge yet. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So Saison starts, it does really, really, really well. I drink a lot of beer at that bar. Fun little sign with the little black letters, super, super cool. And then some guy, I don't know if you know him, uh, Alton, I guess is his name, rolls into town. And I I think it's the first time, at least in a while, that that dude, Alton Brown, came into town. And he was like, hmm, I'm going to stop by Cezanne. And what happened then? Um, That was so funny. Um, Because, like, we have a policy at at Cezanne to, like, not be too fanboy around like famous people whether like you know actors musicians food personalities um but everybody's just like barely containing themselves freaking out that Alton Brown is in like oh my god I'm not gonna go over there and annoy him um but yeah as I understand um he was uh, Stephanie Brajo who used to be a food writer in town she's in LA now um wonderful lady and good friend I think she was um, leading him around town. I think we we're on the way back to his hotel. Um, I'm not sure which one it was right downtown. Um, but they were, she was like, oh, let's stop by Cezanne Market. It's right here. They have this phenomenal chicken biscuit. Um, and so he came in um, then like, you know, takes a picture of himself where he's got like a little bit of like biscuit crumb on his, you know, on his little five o'clock shadow beard. And like a cheek full of chicken and biscuit um and it was it was hilarious because i found out about it he hadn't posted it yet you know there's like a little delay in, in social media that way at least then um and then all of a sudden like my phone just starts going wild as like the first viral thing for for us in any kind of way um and then the success of the chicken biscuit chicken biscuit already did have a pretty sizable following um i think Roby was an early um, lover of Chicken Biscuit. A handful of folk in the arts uh, community as well who are down there um, were fans. Um, but it really did just kind of take that to another level and built a, um, a name for Saison Market, which we were, you know, that place developed because we just noticed that there wasn't like a, a, a nice food and, or sorry, a wine and beer market in the neighborhood right there um and so we had all this wine and beer that was in the basement that we were using to sell at Cezanne we're like let's just put some shelves up and see if we can't make something something out of this and then um chicken biscuit really really took that off you guys actually I mean obviously you weren't you weren't the first chicken biscuit in Richmond but you guys certainly were the initial foray into a lot of other individuals making them themselves along with the biscuit as well you guys have, there's a bunch of like saison market or saison firsts that it, that are in my head um tell me if i'm wrong i think you guys for a little while served worm salt cricket salt yeah yeah um so yeah for sure um on our um you know, oaxaca mexico 
is very inspirational to what we we're trying to do with Cezanne. Um, a big part of Cezanne was like trying to kind of unwind some of the pieces of Southern food and bringing um, European food ways, African food ways, Native American food ways, which you know also had cultural meanings towards the rest of the New World. So we just we wanted to explore some of that, um, and so you know in Oaxaca, the chili worm salt, gusano salt, is kind of on um, most most bar tops. Um, if there's mezcal, like a, a Oaxacan dive, there's almost certain to be some gusano salt. It's really delicious, um, really a complex, earthy flavor from worms that are grubs that eat into the agave themselves. Um, and so we thought it was just going to be a delicious snack and like it was corn nuts, you know, like the thing that you see in like every southern convenience store, especially like you drive in 250 from here to Stanton, like you stop at any kind of roadside um, convenience store, there's going to be corn nuts in there. So we just gave them our little, little twist and just wanted to introduce that in a fun way, you know, does that need to be so culinary inspired you can introduce things and in, in fun little packages for folks i loved them then i think yeah. you guys were the first nitro coffee aged nitro coffee maybe lamplighter yeah, hardywood hardywood lamplighter then you guys no, no i mean like aren't we're, wasn't it a whole package of you guys together um, doing that so we so we were the first to do nitro cold brew in town. Um, James Kohler, who's now over at um, at Brenner Pass, um, he had seen it in his travels. It was like if we're going to be doing coffee at Saison Market, and he was going to be um, managing the space for us, that like we've got to do this nitro thing. Um, so we were we were working with um, Lamplighter at the time to uh, make the Cobra concentrate for us. Um, funny to me, um, you know, we didn't, there wasn't a, a big conversation um, about like the dilution rate of Cobra concentrate. Um, and so like in our first test batches, um, we were making before they got to the public, we hadn't diluted properly. And it was just like, I mean, straight rocket fuel. The silent killer, man. <laughs> he is the silent killer. <laughs> It back. was great for, for busy bar staff. We're like, man, I'm going to knock out this Friday service. We were like, something's not right here. Like this is, uh, we found out. I am wired. Uh, yeah. We found out proper dilution rates and went there. Um, but then we did hit up um, Hardywood. Um, we were like, you know, like, let's have more fun. Um, just typically the guiding principle for us to, to find these things. So like, let's have more fun with our friends. Um, and hit a party wood, um, got a, a smaller barrel um, from those guys, and then um, rested the coffee concentrate. Um, I think we only did like, I think it was like less than two weeks, that was less than three weeks, um, where we were happy with it and weren't worried about like where the direction of the coffee was going. Um, and put that on, um, you know, as a, um, a specifically 21 and up option, there wasn't a whole lot of um, bourbon in there, but just wanted to be responsible um, <laughs> and, and yeah, just, just kept trying to find ways to have fun. Why was it important for you to, to pull in 
all those flavors and cuisines from around the world into your you know, the first restaurant you ever opened? Um, I was an anthropology student and sociology student. Um, and so for me, like trying to tell a fuller story, I'm trying to unwrap the, the fuller history of, of what we experience um, was really important to me. Um, try to honor histories, honor cultures. Um, I think if you don't know, you can just presume that a lot of foods just come from like the folk you see making them and you know, don't have an appreciation for them. Um, I think the dining public and public in general is getting a bit more aware of, you know, how much of a, a synthesis the kitchen table truly is. Um, I think it's one of the one of the great places in the world for for reckoning kind of um, any differences, you know, like you got family problem, you know, sit around the kitchen table and, and you talk them out. Um, and I think the food can do such a thing. So we weren't trying to be heavy handed with it. We're not trying to like, you know, pedantically like express to everyone, this is the story, but we just wanted to introduce things in a, in a casual setting um, to make folk aware and then allow them to kind of ask some questions, have our team be able to answer some questions. Why do you do this? Why is there this blend of things? Why is this dish like this? Um, we just, I just, I found it to be important to to kind of tell in the story of of the American South a little more clearly. So other than the grubs we talked about earlier, are there other menu items over the years that you can kind of highlight and explain where you did that? Um, I think the, um, like that black bean cassoulet, which I think Roby in her review of us um, clearly pointed out was more Brazilian, um, which we were like um, not as clear on, but we're like really happy to. Somebody um, remembers what's written about them. Okay. <laughs> I got, listener, memories, listener, if you, if, if you can see Roby right now, her, her, her face is in her hands and uh, Jay has a big grin on his face. It was, Holy I mean, moly. it was a, it was, I, I don't think you'll ever, I don't think you'll forget like the first things that are written about them. It was just such a nice review. Um, but um, that one, I think uh, um, very much did that. Um, um, too many dishes to- um, yeah, Sure, I should know if some, some jumped out at you from over the years. Yeah, I, think, I mean, sometimes like, um, and we weren't, We'd also introduce things that were more true to a place too, like uh, putting rundown on the menu was kind of inspired from from travel, um, which has its own really interesting history. Um, not trying to you know, ape a culture or steal anything by any stretch of the imagination, more um, just trying to um, tell a story and, and honor cultures, um, honestly. Um, and Adam Hall, also a co-owner, I always forget to say that, he always gets on me, but um, he was your chef, right? Yeah, yeah, um, at the time, um, Adam and I were business partners in Cezanne. Um, during the pandemic, um, he and his wife have now um, split from Cezanne and are running food store, um, or feed store, sorry, um, fantastic, um, kind of more than barbecue place um, out in Maidens. Um, but yeah, he was, he was chef, he was, um, and we were traveling around um, together a bunch um, and just kind of 
trying to to learn and and taste as many things as we could wherever we're going. Um, it's got a phenomenal palate. Um, it's a really good eye for for food and accessibility to introduce you know quality technique, but also approachability in food, which is I think still a homework of what we do. So I'm going to pivot because Saison Saison Market were your first foray as an owner into the Richmond dining scene. And then you were like, I'll just buy the biggest building on Broad Street and put a brewery in there. So did not buy um, this, <laughs> this space, um, but it worked out um, really well. Um, so a first Friday evening, I think um, Quirk had just opened up. Um, and Ted and Katie Ucrop uh, were in, um, we're hanging out at the bar, um, and Ted and I um, just started chatting, um, and he was mentioning how happy he was, obviously, to have the Quirk open downtown, how much he loved um, downtown, how important it was to him as a kid. I think I'm not native to Richmond, um, was born in Waynesboro, Virginia, kind of lived um, on a very small hog farm for a few years before moving here um, in the mid 80s didn't I didn't know as much um, of what Broad Street was then but um, he was just very um, thankful for you know what Cezanne had shown as well and how kind of how much easier it had made um, talking to the folk about like hey like we can do so much more with Broad Street this is a like thriving and vibrant part of the city um, so he and I started conversation there. He asked kind of like, you know, what do you, what, what would you want to do next? Like, what are the, the things you'd want to do? Um, and express like, you know, beer was the thing that I, that I wanted to think I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to own a brewery um, specifically, you know, wanted to be very lager focused brewery, something that was accessible, well-made, that did, you know, honor European brewing culture. Um, and but also wanted to do more than just be a brewery. I think you know we have a bunch of great breweries um, in town, but I wanted to be able to bring, you know, my talents and the talents of Jason Allen and Michelle Jones, who were partners um, with us at that time um, at the very beginning of Bingo. Um, wanted to bring the culinary side, the bar side, and like gaming and fun into a space. Like just make a large space for having all the fun. So you didn't you know, go to a brewery, have a nice time, but then you're like, all right, I've had two or three beers. I'm gonna leave. I'm not really into the food truck. I don't know what it is. Um, or just you know, like, what are you gonna do after you're having the beer? So we just, we wanted to combine all these pieces into something cohesive and that we thought we could truly deliver. Um, so we looked around for a while. Um, we thought we found a spot on Broad Street downtown um, I was super excited about that spot. Um, we had um, good opportunity for, for a lot of parking there in a really cool space um, that fell through. Um, we had the letter of intent in, but once it got to the top of the organization that we were looking to work with, um, fell through given their plans for the future for that space. Um, and we kept looking um, and um, Ted actually discovered this space from uh, friends of his. Um, we came in. It was clearly a space that had not been uh, kept up in any way since its most recent iteration as a bingo hall. Um, but you can still tell just from the size of it, the space of it, the location, kind of the trajectory of where 
um, Scott's edition was headed, um, that it was like a really great opportunity to be you know, right here on Broad, all of the visibility that it offered. Um, and we, you know, we kind of saw it um, almost immediately in kind of how we can break up the space into having you know, full on-site brewing space, having enough room to have the arcade, still have ample space um, for bar, restaurant, kitchen. Um, and then it was a back little parking lot that they had that we were able to turn into a back patio for us to try and deliver a lot of fun for for us to accomplish things that like like really drove um, excitement and entrepreneurial spirit, um, but also we like we thought truly connect with the city. First of all, I think it's incredible being a, a lifetime Richarder that a Ucrop owns a brewery. That's I realize it's a big family with a lot of different branches, but the fact that a Ucrop owns a brewery, I think, is pretty. He sweet. willingly admits that he is considered the black sheep. You know, he's, <laughs> we, we serve primarily low ABV beers for people to enjoy each other's company and to to share conviviality. But I totally appreciate where that point comes from. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's great. Um, yeah. So, Bingo seems like a big success uh, from an from an outside perspective. Uh, what are some of the ups and downs that you've learned owning your own brewery, owning this huge restaurant? Obviously, it's been an odd almost two years now, um, not yeah. not a normal two years, but you can include that in your answer. But just in general, owning such a big operation. Sure. I mean, just the, the scale of the difference between what Cezanne is an intimate 34-seat restaurant um, that's... 1300 square feet um, and market adds another 700, 800 square feet. Um, and then a 14,000 square foot space um, is a big difference um, <laughs> just in you know, the operational logistics of it all. But um, I think we were able to largely kind of define avenues that we were going to um, to run in. Um, those became blurred over time. Um, but I think, you know, a big part of the success for us, I think, was the accessibility. Um, I think we were pretty different. There weren't a whole lot of folk in beer who were making, who were serving food in the space um, with like a, a dedicated culinary direction. Um, definitely weren't a whole lot of like purposeful large-scale gaming um, pieces to the puzzle. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of the, the only real difficulties that we had um, was like, just got so busy so fast um, that like really like for every piece of the puzzle, making sure that everybody was able to like dot every I, which I think we, I think we did a, a fantastic job in, um, the beer side of things, um, a lot of the uh, uh, the bar things as well. Games, I think we're doing well, but it just they're so busy so fast to trying to be able to have the organization have the strength of, of a fairly new team together to really um, work through conversations with one another to make sure that everybody was like on top of pieces. It's organizations are, are difficult. I think you know in hospitality in particular a lot of folk aren't coming from a um, scholastic background where like organizational psychology is a thing that 
like they're taught and understand. So like as everybody's trying to communicate, it's not, you know, this this outcome of of you know a, a scholastic setting. Everybody's trying to learn and do their best and, and they're just partnerships in general, um, even when there's like at least the joy of romance in them, um, can be difficult. Um I think I mean for me the one of the toughest things just being able to to navigate um, that piece while you know it's it's doing well you know like everything was um, still doing fantastic in the space um, we're selling a lot of beer selling significantly more beer this year than um, we had in <laughs> years past <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so, so oh, go ahead. maybe it's just me I'm gonna I have this. So I think, and I'm going to be frank, because I think that this year is the year you guys have really dialed it in. Like, I think that you've honed in on what your specialty is. I think you finally found your food um, stride. I think it's really, really solid. Um, that is my opinion, obviously. I, I, I think it's fantastic. Someone, I don't know who it is, I don't know, gave you guys some awards for some beers here? Who was yeah. that? Who did, um, was there a couple so awards the to be Association, had? It's, I mean, it's... It's an incredible honor. Um, our, our brewers, um, Ken Rayer um, and Sean O'Hearn have been with us um, since the beginning. Um, Donnie just joined um, the team um, over the past four months. Um, but yeah, um, most recently, um, the, uh, the Beer Associ Brewers Association um, has an event annually called the Great American Beer Fest, um, most prestigious beer festival awards show in the nation. Um, our, uh, our rail pass Pilsner, German Pilsner, um, very Southern German inspired Pilsner took home second place in one of the most, um, competitive categories blew us away. Um, anytime you win a professional accolade like that, um, you, you want to compete. We're very, very competitive. I don't think you'd always tell precisely that like everybody in the team is like hyper competitive, especially on the brewery side, but like, we definitely want to win. Um, we like. We'll, we'll play nice. We're definitely going to come out to compete hard. Um, and you know, I think the honor for, for Ken and for Sean um, is such a, an accomplishment. Um, Black Lager, um, our, our Schwarzbier, I know, um, gave that so much love out of the gate for us too. It is phenomenal. That one, um, the first year we were open um, in 2019, that one, that one took home a silver Great American Beer Festival as well. So We've been very fortunate to, to receive accolades for um, the direction of beer that we're trying to to focus on and make. Um, the nice thing is having somebody like Ken Rayer here and Sean Hearn, both of them um, absolutely amazing. Um, Ken's like he's been the logger guy in town um, for years. Um, it's just funny like knowing the conversation that would happen between like brewers at Hardywood. Um, when they'd be talking about like, what do you want to make? And everybody's like, you know, this adjuncted stout that sounds delicious or like this big sour thing that like does sound delicious. And Ken's like, I want to make a smoke box. <laughs> everybody's like, what? <laughs> Who are you? Um, but, you know, I think his dedication to the craft, um, I think it really, really shows, um, you know, he and I, piloted probably four test batches of bingo lager. Um, and we ended up coming back to the first test batch. That was you know, in 2018. 
that was a 2018 yeah um started in 2017 um and in the 2018 before we were like this is the direction that we want to go um yeah we've been very fortunate they have a uh, guys i think they do a phenomenal job with the direction that they want to do we make other things um but our real raison d'etre is is lager love it i absolutely love it i think that um a lot of people don't realize how much talent is in that 14,000 square foot building from a beer slash food standpoint right now. And I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that it starts to forge forward even. I, I don't think you guys could get much busier, frankly. I've been in there a couple of times and thought to myself, wow, they are packed in here and it's awesome and everybody's drinking beer, which I love to see. Sure. Yeah, I think we um, we're trying to connect a little bit better during um, dinner service time. Um, you know, it it does get loud in here. We we had to install an insane amount of sound baffling. Um, I can see them above your yeah, head you right now. Them, yeah. yeah. Um, the arcade gets a little loud. Um, so we are. Um, I think we, there are spaces that we can definitely um, do better. We we certainly connect really well um, from about you know nine thirty to 12.30 and we shut it down at one um, on Friday and Saturday. Um, we really do connect very well there um, and do connect really well, you know, weekend days. Um, I think for the size of the space, um, do a pretty good job um, during most hours. We're really, we're trying to really dig in on um, the, the food side of things and, and really connect better during those, those hours. We're trying to get more films. I know there's, Obviously, still a lot of skepticism for a lot of families, you know, young ones that um, you know, there's still a lot of concern for. Um, so we haven't seen as much of, of that return, um, but hope to as people you know, feel more comfortable um, coming back out in the way that they you know, deem fit for themselves. I was going to ask you, um, other than the beers that you mentioned from Bingo, are there two or three other beer that you would recommend that the, the novice to the Richmond beer scene try? From other from other breweries, other breweries, um, Arden Saison. Um, I love Saison beers um, in general. Obviously, named my first restaurant after, after the beer style. Um, I wish that people drank more of them. They are so food friendly, um, so approachable, um, so varied, which I think can be part of the um, the trouble for a lot of Saison consumers. <laughs> but absolutely, um, absolutely fantastic. Um, as a lager guy, um, I do find myself over at uh, Triple Crossing, either downtown um, or over in Fulton, um, pretty often. Either just checking out what the competition's doing, but also you know just enjoying their beers. I think they, um, they do a phenomenal job. Um, Footpath Pills, Pathway Pills. Sorry, um, most of their. Um, which all of the lagers that I've had over there have been great. They've got a Tamave on right now, um, a Czech style dark lager that's fantastic. Um, we're, I mean, we're yeah. blessed. There's a lot of great beer in this town. We are very fortunate with our breweries, your brewery, Terrible Crossing for sure, Final Gravity, all that good stuff. So what are you poking fun at our art here? Jay Bear, tell me what is going on. I was waiting on. for this to come. Uh, I'm, was... re I'm, I'm ready to break it down, and you better tell Scott directly onto his face. I'm very sensitive, no. Jay, so go easy on me. No. So, <laughs> what, 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 all, all that I was so, 
I made a joke um, on social media, fairly did fall, fell very flat, which is <laughs> typically why I don't find myself posting anything other than content about business on social media anymore. I was just joking about my friend who was on there somehow having like a the corniest picture of <laughs> them and like ah. not truly representing the person. Gotcha. I was like, how? Like, this is hilarious. Like, I love what you guys do. I think it's fantastic. The the, the spotlight that you shine on Pokemon. I was just, I, I thought it was hilarious knowing that person. And and the picture just made me You can laugh. name the person. Like, You've got Daniel Hardhausen. Absolutely yeah. fantastic guy. He's incredibly talented. Um, I mean, I... He's up there with the best doing it in town. Um, kind of everything he's been doing up his, his soup dumplings from back in the day when he was like even more of a baby than he is as a baby now. Not to say he's a baby, but you know what I mean. Um, he's just killing it. The young mother program. I've had a chance to go to one of those pop-ups. Um, just an incredibly talented guy. And like very sweet, but very cool. And it just made me laugh. And that's all that it was. I'm glad you cleared that up, Jay, because I had a perfect picture chosen for you for this podcast. <laughs> but now that that's all cleared oh up, I'll, I'll I'll reconsider the, the photo. <laughs> yeah. It's me that took it to a whole nother level. I was like, wait a that's second. That's so Jay. unlike you, Roby. I know. It's so, so unlike like, you. I'm, 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 I'm going to talk to him about this. I, like, I knew that I, I was waiting for it. I was like, are we going to jump right in from the, the jump? Or like, when, when will this get? I was like, all right, I just got to explain myself here when are we going down this road oh that's so great that's so great well you got to be a little used to having some great conversation you're married to a very talented lawyer absolutely at least least that's what i hear (laughs) oh she is um i mean i can't take her on she scares me (laughs) she's um my wife courtney winston um an attorney now with um the allen law firm um, she had been priorly practicing um, criminal defense work with David Ball, who was just an absolute heavyweight. If you talk to any attorney, um, any trial attorney or um, personal injury attorney um, in the state, um, they know um, his his name and his reputation. And um, the, the the true and honest appreciation that he has for the quality of an attorney that my wife is. I still have never been in to, to see her in a courtroom. Um, I'm, I, I really want to see it, but she's, you know, she's just like, you know, let me, let me do my thing. Don't mess, don't mess this up and like start clapping and cheering for me when I do something great in here. Um, but she is a phenomenal attorney, um, truly, truly passionate about, about justice, um, truly passionate for, um, you know, just assuring that people have equal and, you know, opportunities to be truly represented um as she did um, a lot of pro bono work during um the um you know, civil unrest last summer to um to help folk out to assure that people had um attorneys there to be able to you know have their their rights be justly upheld um yeah, she's she's an absolutely incredible woman Beautiful. Cool cat. I do want to mention one last thing before we wrap up, Jay. I don't know if you know the history of your history with this podcast, 
other than Daniel and that social media conversation from last week. But I believe, Roby, correct me if I'm wrong, that we met, you and I met at Bingo to plan out this podcast in January of 2019. Oh, really? We, that was our first and only meeting about this podcast was not far from where you're sitting right now, Jay. So thank you. Oh, man. Thank you for, uh, for the space and for, uh, yeah, for the inspiration, because I, it all, all kind of came back to me while interviewing you. It was we did. Bingo where, mm-hmm. we, where this podcast was born. I had a black logger and loved on Chris Brumfield, who probably is my favorite manager slash friends in the entirety of Richmond Dine because, well, he is. And Scott yeah, and I planned out fantastic. our next steps. Yep. Yeah. Looked at statistics, acted like we were really in business. It was, it was a pretty good time <laughs> over there in the corner. Uh, it's, I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job shining a light on people. Um, that's partly why I was like, oh, no, please do not let them think that I'm coming for them and calling the work that they're doing and caring about as corny. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> oh, I loved it. I was ready to go. I oh, my like, God. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I do not doubt that at all. But no. I think that weird. So just so you know, you're kind of like really good. It probably is me in my head because I really think our logo with the weird colored picnic table background mm-hmm. is really corny. So I was like, yes, somebody agrees with me. <laughs> End it. Yeah. End it. Oh so <laughs> hilarious. No. You're listening to Even Virginia with Scott, Roby, and Jay Bear. Oh, my oh God. God. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Seeing Jay at Bingo makes me want to just be back at Bingo. It really does. The place is so fun. The beer is so good. It's it's such a. Ch- I mean, I don't go for the late night crowd necessarily. It's a place where I'll bring my family or if I have friends you coming don't, in. Scott, you Docking. don't go. I know. I know. I know. This is my shocked face. When he said things start getting busy at nine thirty, I was like, oh really? Nine thirty interesting <laughs> <I'm> in <bed. laughs> exactly no but when i have friends I come in from out of now. town and they bring their kids to town we all and we want to meet and not worry about the kids for a while bingo is the place that i go because i say we can have a seat we can have a burger we can drink some really good beer and ignore our kids for an hour or so they can play the game exactly i, I wanted to ask jay what his skee-ball record was how are you at skee-ball grizzly oh if i could reach through the computer right now i would just Squeeze your head off its neck. Would, um, would you growl at me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know what skee ball is. Oh my God. So you don't know if bears growl and you don't know what skee ball is. Sports. This episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no. Oh God, no.